Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Tuesday. It is September 19th. Hope your week's off to a great start. Markets yesterday. We're all at least slightly in the positive. We'll talk about that more when Dave joins us in a minute, as well as housing information coming out today. All important stuff. And don't forget that uh, in this world, there's so many things that you and I, we just can't control. However, you do have the opportunity to control the amount of risk you have in your portfolio. You need to know what that risk is, and you need to know where that risk should be based on your risk tolerance, how close you are to retirement, and if you're in retirement. Give us a call, 863-382-0037. Schedule your core retirement analysis. And with that, we got Dave coming up next. Here, hello there. It's 19 before 9. That's 8.41. Time to check in on your money and find out what's happening on Wall Street. Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services is here this morning on the telephone. Philip, good morning. How you doing today? Hey, good morning, David. Doing well? Uh, you know, the market was, yeah. I mean, it, it was- stayed slightly green yesterday, which is better than slightly red, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess so, but my, my my characteristic is boring. I mean, the Dow was up 200, made a 200-point swing during the day, but we ended up settling. You're right, it is all green, but the Dow was up $6. So that's two one-hundredths of 1% up yesterday. Standard & Poor's was rock-crushingly high. It was up seven-hundredths of a percent, up $3.21. And the NASDAQ barely moved up $1.90 at the end of the day. About the only big increase was the price of oil, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, it, was, it was funny. I mean, up substantially during the day, and then we just ran out of steam at the end. It ended up basically dead flat for the day, didn't we? Yeah, definitely did. I mean, that's as, about as flat as you can get without being all zeros. Absolutely. First day of the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee meeting where they decide whether we get kneecapped with another interest rate tomorrow afternoon. And uh, if they're looking at the data as it comes out, this would be a real good reason to hold steady. Housing starts and building permits out this morning. They expected off of the increase in interest rates, housing starts to drop by eight-tenths of a percent. Uh-uh. Housing starts last month down 11.3%, and then they revised the gross from last month downward a little bit as well. So we've got a resounding leg negative housing starts report and building permits, which kind of is the future expectations. They expected two-tenths of a percent down. We ended up falling by 6.9%. Offhand, Philip, I think those interest rate increases have leveled off the housing market a bit, don't you think? I, I think it has finally started to impact housing significantly. Um, but, because you know, interest rates keep going up and, and it's just tough um, for the average family to afford housing right now. 
And so it really is, and that yeah. translates into rental as well, which is where the headline stuff we hear out of the big cities comes from. And we've got, we've got it here in spades. We just don't make the national news as well. Uh, it costs more to buy a piece of rental property for investment purposes. You got to make a nickel on it, so rent prices go through the roof as well. And remember that rental properties, because they're investment, don't get some of the tax write-off advantages that your primary residence does as well. So it goes up, you know, by orders of magnitude as the price of buying your primary residence goes up so renters get screwed twice yeah and then the other side of the coin too yesterday after uh you're on the radio the home builder confidence index came out and it wasn't any help either um it was expected to drop slightly it was 50 last month it dropped mm -hmm. to 45 this month so um you know that's heading in the in the wrong direction yeah, if those home builders were looking at these kind of precipitous drops in housing starts, I don't blame them for their confidence being off a bit, do you? No, I, I don't. And, and I just can't imagine that we're going to turn this thing around. Um, I think that that's going to be one of the things that continues to be a, a, a headwind for our economy is that um, with interest rates so high, it's just, it's, it's just hard for these housing uh, numbers to not go down. Yeah, we started hitting this doldrum on the equities because that being a leading indicator for the economy. About the time that the Federal Reserve started saying, nope, we've changed our mind, there won't need to be an interest rate decrease before the end of the year. And then a slight decrease right now instead of an increase is going to be what's going to be needed to send a message to the mortgage market and the building market that there's still a future in this. At the moment, what we're doing is we're we're pretty much choking the industry down to the point of people that are buying homes and selling homes are doing it because they have to, not because they want to. And let's face it, demand drives an economy, but when the demand is all based on necessity, eventually you get down to a baseline number that really doesn't allow for a lot of growth. Yeah, you're exactly right. I know um, my, my my family's going through this right now. My, my daughter and son-in-law, they're relocating. And so um, they put their house on the market and it was, you know, they listed it, got their full price within five or six days. But, you know, they, it, it ended up being probably about $25,000, $30,000 less than what it was valued at last year. So, you know, we're seeing the housing prices starting to come down. Absolutely. And in Highlands County, we always say that we're a little bit of an exception here because we've got the double advantage of being a state in which the move in rate is positive but also the fact that we get a little bit of advantage from folks from the coast coming in here and moving in. So we're holding up better than the rest of the country is here locally, and that's really good news. But elsewhere, there's some real hurting going on in terms of uh, the demand for housing. And uh, like I said, it doubles up on rentals because investment property is harder to buy as interest rates go up. So consequently, that means rents go up double. And it's just it, it's an unpleasant situation nationwide at the moment. And uh, I'm not I'd, like you. I'm not sure I see a lot of light at the end of the tunnel because right now we're kind of our predictions are coming true. Right now we're starting to see the effects of the interest rate increases that we were seeing at the end of last year, and we got a couple more that we've experienced that we still haven't seen yet. Well, that's right, and I think the other thing is that you um, you're talking about a rate cut. I mean, if if they actually came out and cut rates, it would be happy days are here again, right? I mean, that would be a uh, definitely a sign of, of the Fed realizing it's time to start, you know, cutting back a little bit. But I, I don't think we're going to see that based on the numbers that we saw, you know, last week 
granted, this number here indicates that the economy, at least in the housing area, is slowing down, but it doesn't seem like other prices are slowing down any. And, and I think the Fed, this is going to be a, just a small sliver um, because it could also help in what they really want to see in the unemployment rate, right? So if housing declines enough that, you know, contractors start laying people off, well, that that's going to make the Fed a little happier because that's going to raise that unemployment rate. And they do want to see the uh, they want they do want to see the employment situation cool off. Yeah, all the data we had before these housing starts and building permits have been indicating, and you and I have both been saying that it wouldn't surprise us one tiny little bit to see another quarter point increase when they announce it tomorrow. But I would think, at the very least, these guys are looking at these numbers and saying, "Ah, hold steady," sounds like a real good idea right now. But you know what, Dave? <clears throat> Those guys don't think like you and I do. Yeah, they're in Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Even worse than New York stock traders as far as being abnormal psychology. Ah, going on, other tidbits of information that are out. The UAW strike continues, and the morning news had the uh, head of the UAW saying, boy, they don't move fast. We're going to uh, strike some more factories for the auto plants. I was talking to a friend at Rotary last night. They were saying, yeah, the auto workers' strike is going to cost the economy something. And I said, you know, if it only lasts a couple of weeks, it'll be limited to the auto industry. But if it continues for a month or more, yeah, it's going to start hurting the rest of us as well. Well, that, that's right. You know, the longer it goes, the more it hurts everybody. And um, and so you take that that's happening in the auto industry and it, it the trickle-down effect from that, and then you add on to that, uh, what? A government shutdown, maybe. Um, you know, I mean, I thought we had put that thing to bed, but um, for some reason, it seems to raise its ugly head again coming up this month. Uh, yep, and uh, right now we've got one faction in one of the two parties in Congress that are actually drumming for a government shutdown. Uh, the uh, continuing resolution that they uh, agreed to inside the Republican caucus last night uh, called for an 8% cut in overall spending just on a continuing resolution. And there's a cadre of uh, members of that party now that are saying they won't even settle for that. They want a bunch of legislation folded into a continuing resolution. I don't see... I don't see really a lot of hope that they're going to get anything productive out of Congress, and I'm kind of half expecting to see a shutdown for a couple of days on the 1st of October. Well, you know, it'd be nice if the shutdown actually accomplished something, but, you know, the last couple we've seen, I don't know that, that we as citizens have really benefited. Um, you know, I think that they, they've got to do something to cut spending, and they don't seem to figure out how to do that yet. That all a shutdown ends up doing, frankly, is just to cost the Republican Party about a couple hundred thousand more votes because in the national press, they always get blamed for doing it, for being bomb throwers. So even though, you know, in defense, uh, in the middle of that party, they, they're going for fiscal responsibility. I'll defend them to that extent. But, you know, the bomb throwers that shut things down basically end up plastering the entire movement toward fiscal responsibility with a, a really black robe over them. And we get nothing out of the benefit, and we end up uh, shutting down the government and inconveniencing a whole bunch of workers for absolutely no gain. Oh, yeah, that's true. No gain for sure. There's my rant for the rant day. For the day. <laughs> <laughs> Other tidbits, the uh, Chicago uh, Board of, what do they call it? It's the CBOE, Chicago Board of, they run the Chicago Board of Trade. Uh, their CEO 
exited no notice whatsoever because evidently we had a, a fishing off the company dock personal relationship going on so they threw him out the cboe are the people that uh, that produce that vix index that you talk about so much i doubt it's going to change the function but it's worthy of note because it's big news in the financial markets yeah it is it, you know that's uh uh, from that standpoint, it is. I got this tidbit for you, Dave, because this is yeah. going to affect a lot of folks. Olive oil prices have surged over 100% to a record high. That's Oh, my God. I better have incredible. to cut back on using my George Foreman. I mean, you know, that that's... Uh, that's going to affect a lot of those. Uh, you know, a lot of us people like to eat healthy. You know, that, that olive oil comes in handy. <laughs> and you can tell it's a slow news day, people, when we're talking about, <laughs> talking about office affairs and olive oil. Let's reset the table. Yesterday was pretty much headed up dead flat with just a little bit of green ink on all the major indexes. 45 minutes before we open up shop this morning, what are we looking at? You know, it's tough to find any green ink on the index side of things today. The Dow's down Almost a tenth of a percent this morning. The S&P 500 is down $2 and the NASDAQ 100 down a little over a tenth of a percent at $18. The only green I see um, is the Russell 2000, and it's up about a tenth of a percent. So everything else, solid red. Now you flip the chart to the commodity side, and we got all green. Silver's up about a third of a percent. Gold's up two tenths. Crude oil. Man, Dave, I don't know what you did overnight, but it's up 1.3% to $91.75 a barrel. You need to get a cap on that thing, Dave. I'm getting close to thinking nice things about an electric <laughs> car, which is... <laughs> Overseas markets, I had pretty much mostly red ink in the Asian ring this morning. Uh, Hong Kong was up very fractionally. Everything else was pretty much down fractionally. Europe is a mixed bag this morning. The Italian markets are up substantially. Everybody else is frittering around just slightly below the zero mark halfway through their trading day. Getting a retirement plan together counts for a lot at any age. If you're in your 40s, this is the smartest time. But even if you're getting really close, uh, plans still can save that retirement. How do I find you to make things get together properly, Philip? You know, you're absolutely right, Dave. You know, there are things that folks can control within their portfolios, and risk is the number one thing they can take control of. They need to know what that risk is, and they need to know how much risk they should have based on how close they are to retirement. That's why I developed the core retirement design. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730, 95.3 FM. And you and I back here again tomorrow morning where we might find an alternative to olive oil, right? That, there you go. Maybe so. That's it. <laughs> I'll see you then, sir. Have a good day. Uh, it's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Remember. Folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. Have a great day and join us again tomorrow. Same time, same place. Until then, have a great one.